to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are back here, episode 102, two episodes past the great one hundo, and we're excited to finish our little mini-series out on parents and children, adult children, like as adult children grow up into their 20s and they become independent. Uh, The last episode we talked to them, to that audience, you know, if you're a 20-something and you've got adult parents you're trying to figure out how to relate to that was that episode was for you episode 101 and today we're going to speak to the other side and we intentionally did the adult children first because we wanted you as parents to kind of hear what's going on for your kid what tasks or jobs or responsibilities do they have in on their side of things so that you can let go of control and let them be responsible for those things And so today we're going to be speaking to, well, what is it that you need to be doing on your side? But before we do that, we would love for you guys to run back over to the Apple podcast store. I know the last time you listened, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. Well, stop right now and open up that store and go to the Shrink Thing podcast and leave us those five star reviews because we are collecting stars. Oh my, <laughs> the stars falling into our pockets. <laughs> Sound like metal objects yes. rather than burning balls of fire. <laughs> but no, seriously, we would love to get your feedback. We love your reviews and we want everybody to hear about us and know about us because we want to spread our wisdom and uh, entertainment with the world because we're hoping by, I think we can make it to 2028. We want to run for president, vice president. <laughs> it's oh going to be through the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to give us legitimacy (laughs) that's right i mean everybody's running for president now so why not (laughs) right (laughs) anyway so let's jump into our topic for today so last time like i said we talked about this issue where uh on this side of things we're going to speak to you the parents of adult children you are people that you love your children or your child and you care about them dearly Um, Maybe you don't love that they're staying in your house (laughs) at 28 years old still. Um, Maybe they're not. Uh, Either way, you're realizing, I think something needs to change in me. Maybe it's not just my kid needs to be this way, but you're realizing I need to operate differently. So what the heck has been going on and how did we get ourselves here? So picture this. It's late at night. You realize you have to go to the restroom and then you want a drink of water. And you notice that your adult child has the TV on and is sleeping on the couch and it's flickering. And you walk over with your water and you say to your sleeping little baby child of adult, You parasite. (laughs) (laughs) Are these childhood memories here? (laughs) (laughs) So this is he's just venting. (laughs) So one of the things I think that actually is the harder thing is the there's kind of two, I feel like there's kind of two types of issues here. One is the parent that 
just they want the they want the kid to kind of like start doing more or to take more ownership of their life, but they won't they kind of won't let them because it's just easier. And I want to give you an example of that from way younger, uh, way, way back in life for you. And the other one is the one that like, just kind of just wants them out. Like, just get out. I mean, they, they, you know, they don't, they're tired of things. Um, they're not really there, uh, emotionally. You're not really there emotionally for them. You actually think like, that's stupid. I don't know why we're having this conversation, but to give one example, um, think of it back when you were doing diapers okay so you're 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 doing the diapers right you know these kids are two two years old you are routined on the diaper i mean it is like i could do that in my freaking sleep with one hand it was i could probably i know i could still do it change thousands of diapers i know i can still do that so and then all of a sudden they're potty trained and there's this period of time where you are going like oh i probably should go change the diaper oh wait Hmm, I guess I don't need to do that. And you kind of keep doing that. You kind of habitually keep doing that. That's the same real type of thing that that's, that the one side of the spectrum is you're you're doing still right now. You're like, oh, I'm going to the grocery store anyways. I'm just going to blah, blah. Oh, I'm doing like, I'll just get a blah, blah, blah. You know, like, well, they'll probably take advantage of that. Circle back to the previous episode so you don't take advantage of that. But that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, I was as you were saying that I was thinking like I've got a, a, an example going in my life right now. I've got a 16 year old who can drive and it's it's great in so many ways because it's like, oh, sweet, I don't have to drive you around everywhere. And he's got a job so he can work and earn his own money and pay for his own gas. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the glorious part. It's like, oh, I don't have to touch the diapers. I don't have to like smell up the room or whatever. Um, but on the other side, it's also like as you're planning as you're going about things it sometimes it still doesn't dawn on me that it's like oh you can do that yourself you can and maybe even you should take care of that yourself or if in this case you know he can drive it's like um your what's your schedule you got to get to work you're going to go to this friend thing or this social thing it's like i don't have to manage or map out the time i'm not like oh how long does it take for you to get you know, so-and-so or from here to there or whatever, it's like, well, that's your issue. I, I just, oh, I don't have to think about that or put it in my map. I just let it go and it's your job. That is a big shift for a parent as you project that forward into even later adulthood. Your adult child is not just, you know, driving themselves somewhere, but they're like living their own life. And you realize inside of yourself, initially, there's some part of you that's like, well, what good am I? What is my purpose in my child's life anymore? And that's kind of, I would say, like the deeper root that we're getting at. Obviously, there are a lot of behavioral things that need to change. But the the kind of existential problem inside of you is like, well, what is my role and what is my purpose in my child's life? And I think, so one thing, I wrote a blog on this like a long time ago. Um, like that, in the 90s or so? Yeah, when there was when there was blogs. Actually, there were, <laughs> there were no blogs in the freaking 90s. Uh, you sucked me into that and I hate you for it. Um, no, like, so, um, just on teenagers, like being parents of teenagers. And, um, I'm trying to make the point that what you really are doing is from about 12 to 13 years of age to 18, you are transitioning into being the person who is essentially doling out consequences, um, and discipline to 
actually letting the world do it. By the time they're 18, 19, you're not really doing any of those consequences anymore. The world's doing it. Yeah. And and when you say allowing, it's like you're now no longer getting in the way or or you're you're not enacting those things yourself, but you're also not getting in the way of those things. You're letting life just happen to your kid. So as they get older, so we're talking about older 20-somethings in this case, what you are also doing is allowing yourself as a parent to to go ahead and just be a regular human to them. In other words, like just share what you're what you're dealing with the same way that you might if you had a roommate, you know, where you're like, I, you know, I'm I've noticed that you're eating this much food all the time. Um, I don't know that you're aware of this, but I mean, you're not really maybe thinking about it, but I'm paying for that. Um, I don't really want you to do that. So if you can either I would either like you to contribute to this or don't eat it because you know that you do know me. We're not going to pretend you don't know each other, right? You do know me well enough to know that I like those things and I keep showing up and they're not there. I mean, these are common roommate issues, but you would, but the difference is you're, you're sharing from the perspective of peer to peer and you're not being a parent saying like, you will not touch my food. That's what I paid for. Like, no, we're just going to say like, this is what I'm putting out there. This is mine. You can't have it. Um, so unless you want to pay for it and then I'm happy to get it free at the store or whatever. Cause I know that maybe you're working when you can normally, when I can go and blah, 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 blah. In other words, it's just like kind of dealing with real life. It's also backing off a bit with some of the assumptions that you might have throughout, I was going to say the day, but really like throughout the week or month of what's going on. Um, if you want your kid, like in your mind, your roommate to not be your roommate um, at a certain time, you should give them notice the same way you would another roommate. Yeah. And there's a, I guess there's a, a larger perspective. I like how you said that, like, it's not just, you know, day to day or within the day, but with your adult child, like they're now living their own life. And so maybe you see them a whole lot less often and they're doing more things outside of the home or outside of your own purview. And so it's kind of like either the context the contact with them changes and goes down, but also like you start getting a zoomed out view of their life as opposed to a very, very, very zoomed in view. And you have to kind of let go of a lot of your kind of immediate reactions, because when you are very actively involved in your kid's life, like in high school, let's say, and they're doing something like, you know, today they do something like you react to that and you deal with it. But as they get older, what's happening is like, you might not even hear about that for a couple of days, or you hear about it, and then poof, they're gone, you don't hear from them for a couple of days. And you're like, Oh, I hope they're okay. Or I hope I don't know where this is going to go. They've been late to work a couple of times. Are they going to lose their job or something? It's like, I don't know, I just have to manage that those feelings on my own and let my kid figure it out. Which raises the whole perspective of this thing that you had at one time, and then changed and now can have again, which is called a life. life. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't remember. That was so long ago. <laughs> and I feel like I'm getting too old to remember. What was I doing back in 1976? I don't know. Probably being born if I'm listening to the Shrink Thing podcast. Uh, so anyway, yeah, having some kind of a life, you can't vicariously live through your kids is not good for you, man. It is not good for you. Stop doing that. So you, you, it's okay for you to step back and let them fall on their face. 
and then also don't pick them up. You can walk by them on their face and go, you're on your face. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had countless stories of parents coming in and like their adult child, you know, did something and they got arrested. It was like, you know, usually something kind of minor They like spent the night in jail or whatever. And uh, the parent comes over and or they're talking to their adult child and they're the child is kind of assuming that the parent's going to bail them out, you know, and they're like, no, I'm not going to like you made the choice. And so you can sit here and, you know, deal with whatever discomfort <laughs> is being in jail overnight or whatever. And when you come out, then that's going to be your issue. That's a great example of it because the child is old enough to make the decision. And so they are old enough to live with the consequences. And that is a great teacher for them. That failure, the mistake, the discomfort, all those emotional experiences that they're having, they need to have. Now, parent, I know you're feeling a lot of the fear and anxiety yourself. And maybe what if if you're listening to this and you're like, on the floor with a panic attack, or you've got a bag over your mouth, or you're like, a, you've got a pit in your stomach because you're just thinking about these things and really, really seriously having some emotional problems. Maybe you should talk to somebody. And I mean that seriously because it is a very difficult thing to go from having so much oversight and control over your child when they're little to now I don't have any. And they're at the hands of the world, and the world is a dangerous place. And that is really scary for me. Yes, I need to work through that and accept that. Because there's something that never happened that you might automatically think that happened, which is they were never and are not your identity. And you never actually had control over them in the first place. They gave it to you either out of sheer fear, (laughs) which is probably most of the time, or, you know, hopefully later as respect. But the reality is, is that now, You have to just simply agree with the fact that they're really not totally a reflection on you anymore. They're just not. And, you know, if somebody came came up and did something or whatever, and they're like, I can't believe your kid did that. You'd be like, yeah, I can't believe that either. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do now. And and I can imagine your friend going like, wow, you're like, what? I mean, you just like don't care or what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Because caring means like, I know I'm so ashamed or like. I thought I raised Billy better than that. It's like, no, that you did what you did. And now your child is making their own choices. I, I, one of the biggest things I've learned in this field, which honestly, this is hard for me, is that it sometimes doesn't matter how good of a parent you are. I, I have worked with some people that are great parents. And also the kids were great. I've worked with some families where also with the kids there and watched the kid of the very good parent just nosedive. I mean, and and I remember when one of this, this happened with one client, like uh, probably about 10 or 15 years ago. And I was like, oh my word, I could be screwed. Like that was because I was thinking no matter how good of a job I do as a parent, these people make their own decisions. And we are only like one or two bad moves away from the gutter, man. And you know, you cannot save your kid from from the gutter essentially like because if you try to pull them out and they don't pull themselves out they will go right back there and they will drag you in and you're gonna get really dirty so as you know adult or as a parent of an adult child you need to shift from like getting really nosy and figuring things out and trying to rescue your child a better way to go about that 
you know, we talk about the fear triangle on our podcast is way back early on episodes like five through 10 or so. There are these three positions on it. There's the persecutor, the rescuer and the victim. And obviously the rescuer is the one we're talking about here where they're rescuing somebody from something that they really should not be rescuing them from. You need to let that person have responsibility for themselves. Well, instead of being a rescuer, I like to encourage people to be a coach. And a coach is never on the field. The coach never goes onto the court, does not perform, does not compete, does not do any of that. The coach just simply reminds players of what's real and true, what their goals are, and then turns it over to the players to do whatever they're going to do. So in this case, being a coach for your child is not gathering the information or doing it for them, but it's helping them think for themselves, asking them, have you thought about this? Or what are you going to do about this? Or what's your plan? Instead of just telling them, well, I think you should blank or, well, when I was young, I did this. Like none of that. That's not going to work because they're going to be like, oh, rolling my eyes. You know, mom and dad, blah, 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 trying to guide my life. But when you ask questions like, uh, well, have you thought about what you're going to do if this happens? Your child might be like, what do you mean if that happens? I didn't even think about that. And then you just leave it for them like, oh, okay. Well, now that's rolling around in their head. They're like, oh, what if that happens? I don't know. I don't want to. Now that's great because they're thinking for themselves and you didn't do it for them. You know, one of the things that you're doing, though, automatically, as you're saying that, Aaron, is there's a tone that you that you have, like, because I'm thinking some parents would be like, well, what are you going to do? What's going to happen? You know, like totally different. Very accusatory. <laughs> right. What's your plan? Huh? <laughs> right. What was exactly right. your plan? What would you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's a there is a as normal, like in these these podcasts, we come back. There is a curiosity element that's inside of that. And there's a lack of ownership. You're basically just asking a question. And giving freedom to the other person. And the freedom is experienced in, in them realizing that all you're doing is asking. I mean, when they really realize that, that lands. I'll, one example, I didn't know, I talked to Aaron about this. I was maybe going to use an example and I decided not to, but this is a great piece. I, um, I was going to a private college and due to my awesome attendance um, sleeping, my awesome attendance of sleeping in my bed. One hundred percent. They were like, "Oh, get out!" And so they kicked me out because they were like, "You're not, you're, you're not finishing these classes." Anyway, my mom goes, "Oh, what are you going to do?" And it was such an honest question. I was like, "Uh, I don't." I mean, in my mind, I was going back, um, but it didn't actually become my own answer. Until she asked that. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and I think in that way, some of that was shock on my mom's part. That was like, what are you going to do? You know, but it was, but that's the reality is that curious question when, when you are saying it in a way of like going, you know, actually, what do I, what, what questions do I have? So that's maybe something to do for you, parent to your kid is to ask yourself first, what questions do I have and what assumptions am I making? So that you can be curious, you can move out and say, because because really what you're doing in the process of parenting is you're trusting the parenting you've already done over and over and over. And OK, let me just jump in and say that is actually really tricky, because if I'm a parent 
Let's go. How old were you when you were kicked out? 19. Okay, 19. So we, we were talking like, you know, in your 20s or whatever. This is a great example. If I'm your father uh, or your mother at that age and you just got kicked out of this college, I'm thinking, okay, I listened to this episode of the Shrinking Podcast and you told me to trust in the parenting that I've already done. Well, I did. And my my 19 year old just got kicked out of college for sleeping. <laughs> like, so that doesn't look very good to me. Right. How am I, how am I supposed to trust in the parenting I've already done when my, literally my kid is getting kicked out of college. You're supposed to give an answer now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's simple actually. And this goes back to keeping the larger view, right? Trusting in your parenting doesn't mean that your 20 something child is going to make all of the decisions you want them to make all of the right decisions, all good decisions, it means they're going to make a lot of mistakes and they're going to learn from it. Because if you fast forward this 19-year-old now to Nathan as a 39-year-old, he's still very young, (laughs) you would look at his life and say, he actually turned out really well. He's very successful, well-spoken. He's a good guy, right? He's a good friend of mine. If you had looked at that moment as a 19-year-old and projected it forward you would have a lot of fear, right? And that's what a lot of parents do. You're like, oh no, my kid made this decision and therefore it means he's going to be a drug addict. But no, like this is one moment in time and I need to trust all those things that I did before will kick in in that moment of failure, mistake, learning, whatever. Right. Really what you're doing is you're trusting the process overall because you've been a part of their process. I think the time, and I'll just say this, not to muddy the water at all but there are situations in which that have that spin totally out of control i want to acknowledge that where you know your kid is beyond themselves like are they are not remotely in touch with who they are no one these these are circumstances where there are many people typically involved coming and telling you um what is going on like they've gone off the deep end and and that totally happens i just want to aaron you wanted to say something Yeah. Yeah. Just as we close up, I was thinking back to the last episode for the adult children about the boundaries, communication and needs. And I think the same goes for the parents as well. I think it's important for you to then identify uh, what are your boundaries, communicate those to your adult child and then determine, is this something that my kid needs uh, and I need to provide support or do I just need to let them go through it? Because I think as an adult parent, a lot of times they're like, well, my kid is doing this. What do I do? Or this happened. What do I do? And it's like, well, what are your needs? What are your boundaries? What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? Determine those things first. Look at yourself instead of looking to manage your child. Look to yourself, set those boundaries, communicate them, and then let your adult child choose, giving them the freedom to be their own independent person. Essentially, the question you ask yourself is, are they capable to navigate this? That question is not, are they capable to navigate this as well as me? You're not asking that. You're asking to yourself, are they capable to navigate this? Can they eventually figure it out? That's all that we're saying. So have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. 
and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 